Hello, and welcome to Resolutions, a podcast about dispute resolution and prevention. For those of you tuning in for the first time, this podcast is a project created by the ABA section of Dispute Resolution. One of three hosts serves as interlocutor, engaging in conversations with members of the Dispute Resolution committee, community excuse me, about topics of interest in the field. My name is Rika Rangachari. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the executive director of the New York International Arbitration Center, or NIAC, and the immediate past co-chair of the Young Professionals Committee within the section. This week on Resolutions, we're talking with Elliot Herland and Nikki Singh about the Student and Early Career Services Outreach, a new access point within the section to provide greater engagement conversation and connection amongst myriad stakeholders. Elliot is a principal at Herlin Mediation Services. After working with the Department of Labor and Industry and as a dispute resolution facilitator with the Union Construction Workers Compensation Program. Elliot is also vice chair of the section's membership committee on students and early career professionals. Elliot, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Next, we have Kanika Singh, who goes by Nikki. She is a student liaison to the section and currently a student at Mitchell Hamline School of Law, graduating this year, and she is repping um, the Hamline, please. <laughs> Prior to law school, Nikki was a management consultant advising C-suite executives. And so let us begin. Welcome as well, Nikki. So glad to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Okay, first question goes to Elliot. Why did the ABA section, the DR section specifically, create this outreach committee? And if you can share with our listeners the committee's main goals and objectives. Sure, that's a, uh, a wonderful question. Uh, this committee is brand new uh, and recently started, uh, but the purpose is to attract, engage, retain membership. Uh, and we do that by supporting what we believe their needs and interests are, how those are identified to us, as well as highlighting the benefits of membership in the ABA, specifically in the section. And uh, what we do is want to create that bridge of membership between the student to the early career and then to the uh, longtime career uh, membership. And, and you have to do that by bringing value to the table. You, you can't just say, here's a magazine, because that's not gonna do it. So the value add, I think that's really important, right? Who is on the committee? How, how is it diversified? Who are the players? Well, we have a, a wide variety of people. Um, I'm from Minnesota, became uh, a lawyer, then moved into uh, mediation uh, and uh, do some speaking events, that kind of stuff. We also have uh, Sherry Bellitz, who's in New York. Uh, now, she's actually not a mediator. She's a, a litigation consultant. She helps with uh, social psychology 
uh, and uh, helping uh, lawyers understand the psychology of jurors, the psychology of litigants, helping uh, people value cases. She's also a co-author of a best-selling book uh, called Hashtag Network. Now, we also have a person who's not a lawyer, uh, but is a mediator, uh, and, and that is Kimberly Best. Uh, she's uh, an RN who has become a certified mediator in Tennessee. Uh, she does family law, conflict coaching, focused mainly in civil, family, healthcare, and elder law. Uh, she's also the author of a book uh, that uh, deals with the end of life uh, story and how we write that story. We have a fellow by the name of Elliot Hicks in West Virginia. He was a, a longtime litigator and became a mediator. He's also very active in national and local legal organizations. John Lewis is from Alabama. He is an active personal injury lawyer uh, and uh, also a, a mediator in that area. Uh, Michael McKnight is in South Dakota. Uh, he's a retired litigator who became a mediator, an adjunct professor. Uh, in and focuses on ADR and family law, landlord tenant. He also works with the Lawyers Assistance uh, Committee, uh, helping lawyers with uh, mental health issues. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, Molly Tyroller, who also is from Minnesota. She was a litigator who became a mediator following a, a very similar path through the Department of Labor and Industry. Uh, she's a frequent presenter uh, on ADR and implicit bias. She trains mediators and, and judges on that. Uh, and she focuses in the areas of personal injury workers' compensation. Finally, we have Winter Wheeler, uh, who I think uh, you both probably know very well. She's a longtime litigator who has become a mediator focusing on things as I mean, she focuses on a lot of stuff, uh, work, uh, uh, wrongful death cases, catastrophic injury, premises liability, nursing homes, civil rights, uh, and, and there's even more. Uh, she's a podcast host. Uh, she's also the co-author of the uh, best-selling book, uh, Hashtag Network. And she's also on the online mediation task force. And since the pandemic began, uh, online mediation has really become a focus uh, for uh, both mediators and litigators. Uh, very important uh, way of keeping conflict resolution active. I didn't even know how to do online mediation until the pandemic came. Uh, so. And we're going to get back to that pandemic gloss. Thank you so much for taking us through that trajectory, Elliot. What a fabulous snapshot. We're seeing great geographic diversity and subject matter expertise. And it seems to me these are real tenets of a sustainable community. And so Nikki, next to you, why did you want to get involved? Why here particularly, you know, you're entering the legal profession after 
having been a consultant and advisor. And so why is this so important and why now? Well, Reka, I'm sure you can appreciate this, but as a, a law student, you never have enough to do. And so why not add just one more thing on top of that, right? Um, in all seriousness, I think my decision to um, pursue my, my law degree was long coming. It came after 10 years of having um, graduated from my undergrad. I went to George Mason University. I did conflict analysis and resolution there. And you know, somehow decided that that wasn't the right time for me. When I graduated in undergrad, um, the economy had tanked. <laughs> and so it wasn't a good time for me to go back uh, to school. And now 10 years later, of course, I'm finding that I'm graduating during a global pandemic. So I really have poor timing mm-hmm. um, is a lesson learned from my educational uh, background. But the reason I went back is because I wanted something more meaningful um, to redirect my activities into and my energies into. And I think we're finding that with students across the board. Um, The Law School Admissions Council actually released admission application numbers in December of 2020. And surprisingly, they were 35% higher than what they were in 2019 around the same time. And those are because of a various, you know, various factors. Um, but I think I can relate to many of them, which is, you know, when I applied, I was looking to contribute back uh, to society. I wanted to do something meaningful. I wanted to really be able to join a community. And to your question, um, you know, I, I thought it would be a great way to join the ABA, take up a leadership role, contribute back to an area of practice, which I saw myself doing in the future, which is, you know, mediation, arbitration, alternative um, dispute resolution processes. So it was very exciting for me to be selected and to join the committee and um, receive such a warm welcome. And let me just delve in here for those who are listening in, really excited to perhaps become a liaison to the section. Um, What did that application look like? You know, how can somebody get involved if they're looking to? Law students, listen in. Yeah, so it's about that time when um, the ABA Law School Division will start announcing um, that the application process is open. For me, um, it was around this time in March. And so a notification will come through in the Law School Division's newsletter. Um, They will ask for applicants who are existing students of an accredited ABA Law School Um, So you can either be, you know, in your second year, like I was, maybe you're at the end of your first year, maybe you're just beginning your third year. Um, It's a very simple application. They ask you to provide your experience, your background, um, you know, a reference uh, from your law school, but also to give a summary of why you want to join as a liaison. And you get to choose your top two committees. So Um, Aside from dispute resolution, if, for example, you're interested in litigation, you can choose that committee as well. Um, So they give you some flexibility. It's a very um, uh, quick process. You know, within a month or two, you find out whether or not you've been selected, and then you get connected to um, the directors who are leading the sections. And then from there, each section will work with their liaison individually to go ahead and um, discuss the role of the liaison. 
more or less the time commitments at a bare minimum are 10 hours a month. You have a lot of flexibility, however, in how you use those 10 hours, depending on the committee that you're assigned to. Um, I can say that for me, it's been a little bit more than 10 hours, which has been great though. Um, but you also do check-ins. You get a greater community with the law school division liaison. So I'm connected to people who are in sports and entertainment who are assigned to that committee. Um, we have a Slack group that we connect on, um, you know, so we can exchange ideas. We can get to know each other better. Um, so it really helps you make your tribe um, within the ABA as well. You heard it here first, your tribe within the ABA. We'll come back to mm -hmm. that. I want to toggle between both of you and sort of tease out, you know, the pandemic loss, something that's very real, has had many of us had to pivot. Resilience is often a word that is used during these times. But but what does that mean? And so um, Nikki, we'll go to you first and then to Elliot, you know, how has a section become an important, important engagement point during the pandemic? What has been top of mind for you, for law students and others to connect and initiatives that may flow there with? Yeah, no, thank you for the question. I think it's an important one. Um, so as I mentioned, I'm a, um, you know, second year, or second career law student, right? Many law students are just coming out of school and going into law school. And so uh, they're missing the experience. And the pandemic has really um, put a spotlight on that, right? How do law students uh, who are engaged in their studies attempt to get practical work experience? Um, we used to do it through internships, through externships, we used to uh, be able to go ahead and get, you know, part-time positions, um, even for folks like me, right, who, you know, are in that um, second career choice. We are finding, well, gosh, this was my opportunity to really dive into my substantive law work. And here I am during a global pandemic and having um, many of those positions either deferred or firms that are cutting back from that. And so what this section has provided to me personally, I can speak to is um, a greater community to network with, um, more information about the areas of dispute resolution that I am interested in getting exposure or familiarity with. I mean, Rika, you know this, but um, you know, I reach out to a lot of people just to, just to say, hi, this is who I am. I'd, I'd like to get to know you. Oh, you're with NIAC. That's great. You know, um, I'd love to hear more about it. Um, and I think it's also an opportunity to exercise those leadership skills, right? So not everyone has to be a law school, law student liaison, but you can volunteer with the committee um, as some of our students have that we've seen last year. For example, one of our students is from New York, is supporting the technology committee, is getting greater exposure to um, what technologies dispute resolution practitioners are looking for during the pandemic. And can you imagine how invaluable that experience is? Before, he would not have had that exposure. Now he can go to an employer and say, hey, I know what you're looking for, right? I've actually been exposed to those. I'm familiar with those technologies. Um, it's very practical. I think the large overarching, um, you know, warm and fuzzy for me is that at the end of the day, um, when I finish my schoolwork, when I turn away from 
you know, some of the side business hustling that I'm trying to do as well, right? I can turn to the dispute resolution section and the friendships and relationships that I've made there. And if I need to talk about arbitration, I know who to call, right? I can say, hey, Monty Carroll from AAA, you know, can you speak to me about international arbitration? Um, or I can have a very real conversation with maybe a Susan Guthrie, for example, who's our membership director and say, okay, Susan, I'm, I'm about losing it with these family law cases. <laughs> um, you know, can we just have a, a cup of coffee and talk uh, over Zoom? And I get that, I get that vibe and I get that experience. So um, I just don't have enough good things to say and I could probably keep going on. So I'll stop now. <laughs> okay, no, very good. And you know, the section could even help with your side hustle, Elliot. We're going back to you with this notion of pandemic pivots, right? You were sharing with us earlier how you learned about what does it mean to conduct an online mediation, these ODR platforms? How has that experience been important to you? And, and how, how are you looking to share that with the section as in truth, we may be in pandemic for a bit longer? What's interesting is that it's a very good analogy for students and how they interact with the ADR community. And, and the dispute resolution section is, is one of the largest uh, communities of ADR professionals and those who are interested in ADR. So it's all about networking. When the pandemic hit, I was an in-person mediator. I had no idea uh, how to do online mediation. So what I did is I went into the world of dispute resolution to find out. I, I attended uh, some webinars and that's how I met Susan Guthrie <laughs> who uh, does learn to mediate uh, online.com. That's actually how I became uh, a vice chair is she and I, I, I watched her speak, thought she was brilliant, uh, and wanted to know more about how to do online mediation. Uh, we interacted. I appeared on her podcast. She invited me to become the vice chair of this really wonderful group of people uh, that forms the committee for student and early career outreach. So that is how I learned how to become an online mediator, which is very similar for students to learn more about how to become involved in ADR, whether they want a profession in ADR or they simply want to understand what ADR is, mediation, arbitration, the various ways of resolving cases without the need and expense of litigation. So that's a, a, good, a good example to students. Uh, basically, that's what I was. I was a student of online mediation. You're a student at all levels, right? Regardless of how many years in practice. So tell us what is in the hopper? What are the grand plans uh, for this engagement point? Well, we have a lot of uh, events coming up. I think Nikki's gonna be talking about that. Uh, and, and we're focusing on 
engaging in those events, being available in breakout rooms so that students can talk to people within the committee and also within the community about how it is in the world of ADR. And what is it that you can learn? We're also starting a pilot project uh, of mentorship, taking that networking connection and building on it so that students can be matched up uh, with practitioners or have access to practitioners who are more than willing to spend time on Zoom or on, uh, on the phone and have conversations about these topics that we're talking about here today. Um, I'll, I'll pass the ball now to Nikki uh, to talk about the events. Yeah, thank you for that. So, you know, um, Rick, I think your line of questioning brought us this awareness of how the pandemic has really impacted students. Um, it's impacted everyone, obviously, not just the students, but the law firms as well, and those uh, who are members of the section. And a really um, key point for us in the section, um, those of us who are running these programs, has been you know, we really want to make sure that we're leveraging everyone's time appropriately. How many Zoom calls can you be on before you get Zoom fatigue, right? Um, it's tough. And students for sure are, are feeling the brunt of that because now they're on Zoom classes all day long. So how do you attract them? What programs do you create that are really going to um, be a focus for them and that they're going to enjoy coming to? Um, and as we think about those opportunities, we also think about, well, what challenges are, there, are they facing? Um, as we mentioned during the pandemic, a lot of law firms have deferred externships or internships, and that has been difficult for students to get practical experience. Um, so what are the ways around that, right? Um, I think for us, a great deal of what we're trying to focus on and what we'll be developing, um, and Elliot alluded to this, is well, let's, let's get you know, those available section members who really wanna coach, who wanna mentor, who want to be able to transfer knowledge uh, and help students become uh, even better virtually if they can. So we've spoken to, um, there are some members who are interested in this and excited in this. And I think we'll be working to grow that program to make it um, you know, more realistic uh, and, and and really an opportunity where students can get the exposure that they need. The second opportunity is for students to reach out um, specifically if they have an interest. So for example, I mentioned a student who actually attended one of our events last year, reached out and said, Nikki, I'm really interested in technology. I, I have no experience there. And I wanna know what the section is doing about that. I was able to put that student in touch with uh, a gentleman who is running our technology committee and the student has been able to gain experience from that. So that's real life experience where he can sit in on meetings, he can talk to someone who's um, not necessarily a mentor, but someone in the field who he can ask questions from and actually now have a connection with. Mm -hmm. The other uh, opportunity that's coming up, which is a big opportunity is the spring conference, right? Uh, which is all virtual this year. It's April 14th to the 17th. Students, uh, irrespective of whether they're premium members or not a member of the ABA, 
just have to pay $25 and they get access to these amazing programs like a court focus showcase program, the art of negotiation online, which is so important. Uh, what I wish I had known uh, as an ADR practitioner or before I got into ADR, these are some of the amazing um, scheduled events that are going to happen during the spring conference that while they are focused on ADR practitioners and professionals, um, will be great opportunities for students to listen into. And it's virtual, so it's recorded. So your $25 is really being put to great use. And I just want to stress and emphasize that. And I think aside from that, um, we had an opportunity last year to do a, a flyby online classroom visit uh, with one of the professors uh, from a law school uh, in the Midwest. And we would love to do more of that. And so Elliot and I are making ourselves available to anybody and everybody who would love to have us on to talk about uh, students and student memberships. Um, there's another program coming up. That'll be the last one I talk about uh, for the Tech Expo sometime in June or July. It's a, a summer event. And I really promote that one as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to those notifications coming out to when that's ready and available. I think more and more as things go online, students have to become savvier about the technologies that are being used and who's using them and what they can use. And so that is an amazing opportunity for students to get engaged and know what is being used in alternative dispute resolution, right? Um, is there like an ADR Notable, which is a service that you, know, you can take notes on while you're mediating and transfer. Um, so those are, those are some of the choice events that are happening. And there's platforms. Please, Elliot. There's social events too, um, uh, where that's a, where a lot of networking takes place. Uh, breakout rooms uh, that uh, involve entertainment, but also conversation. And, and that's where you make those types of connections that can lead to other opportunities, uh, not only to learn, uh, but even to further their career. Well, it's all about networking, right? Isn't that what you started out with, Elliot? So we'll go back to that. We are just near ending time. And so I wanted to give you each the chance for the mic to close us out with some final words. Um, Nikki, if we can go to you and then we'll end with Elliot and I'll close us out, please. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I just wanna again emphasize um, how available and open everyone in the section has been. And, you know, um, I can say that because I'm, I'm on this podcast with two people who have just embraced me and welcomed me as well into the section and were my first points of contacts when I got there. Um, but if students are interested, please reach out. I will provide my contact information. If you have from you know, the most basic question to the most complicated question, we will figure out a way to get you an answer so that you feel more comfortable about your um, path into ADR because it's so important right now as we work through issues. Um, and then I would definitely stress if you are not already an ABA premium student member, um, that is for $25. You can go ahead and access your membership and sign up at abaforlawstudents.com. The benefits with your membership, um, there's just so many. 
you get access to Quimby outlines, you know, to help you get through the stress of law school. You get um, opportunities uh, to join up for virtual sessions, um, you know, some important career information, especially during the pandemic right now, if you want to go ahead and um, be creative and figure out ways to really make your profile um, enhance your profile, excuse me, and, and make it a lot better. So I would definitely stress those two items. And of course, another quick plug for the ABA annual spring conference. I hope to see you guys there. Elliot? Wow, that really covered it all. But I guess what I can say is look at Nikki and hear Nikki and, and see how much she's benefited from not only the membership, but the opportunity for leadership that became available to her through that membership. And, you know, the pipeline uh, goes both ways. Uh, we've got the people at one end of that pipeline, uh, practitioners and leaders uh, in the ADR community. And then on the other end, we have students who need support, need information. And that connection can only be made if they seek it out. And that connection can only be made if everyone is aware that it's there. That's how we make that connection. Uh, a very important one for both sides of that pipeline. Well, thank you both um, so much. This has been really insightful to those listening in. Do stay tuned for the mentorship scheme that Nikki and Elliot highlighted. Remember, it is all about the networking. Form your tribe within our section. Build your side hustle also within our section. Mm -hmm. It's really all possible. And don't hesitate to reach out. Nikki and Elliot are allies, as am I. They also named some other folks who are phenomenal leaders in our section, including Susan Guthrie, including Momsy Carroll, including any of the list of folks that are now part of this new engagement committee. But we all look forward to speaking more with you. Thanks so much, Elliot. Thanks so much, Nikki. We will talk again soon. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much.